Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Ad Week podcast where we talk about marketing, media, technology, pop culture, because in the end, everything is an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm the international editor with Ad Week. And with me, as always, is Shannon Miller, creative and inclusion editor for Ad Week. Shannon, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We are here to talk about last week. We talked uh, booze and alcohol and hard seltzers this week. We are uh, just going to keep the lifestyles unhealthy. We're going to talk fast food, specifically um, the McDonald's celebrity meals uh, that have become such a fixture of the past year, uh, which is fascinating. We were talking a bit about the show, uh, before the show about the fact that they have not they had not done a celebrity meal since Michael Jordan in 1992, and then they have done four in the past year and a half. Uh, so we will be going through that with us, our, our Adweek colleagues who have been covering these celebrity meals and the impact they have had on McDonald's marketing strategy. Jess Zafaris, audience engagement editor and overlord of all of Adweek's social channels. Always a pleasure to have you, Jess. Thank you. It is phenomenal to be here. And uh, Jess has covered the BTS meal, obviously. I, I, I mean, is it fair to say that that was the most high profile of all these? They've all been pretty high profile, but that one was was pretty epic. Uh, so Jess will be sharing uh, what she learned uh, about the impact that had on McDonald's strategy, how they pulled it off. Uh, Shannon has covered multiple of the meals, including the newest one and the first one of this set, the Travis Scott meal. And Emmy Lederman, e-commerce reporter here at Adweek, uh, has uh, covered the fourth meal uh, that we will be talking about. Emmy, thanks so much for making time for us. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, let's start. Shannon, walk us through the... So, well, I'll give the quick context that a lot of this seems to have started in January of 2020 uh, when McDonald's released a, um, uh, a, a an ad that ran before the Super Bowl, um, but it was it was about famous orders. And it was a cute ad from Widening Kennedy, New York. It basically just showed, um, you know, all these orders that uh, real people make, uh, famous celebrities, and fake people. I think Dracula was in there, and there were a few other just fictional characters. Uh, so it was, a, it was a nice little mix, but they did quite a few. And in that mix was Travis Scott. And that seems to have, uh, as you talked about in depth in your cover story about Travis Scott, Shannon, uh, that, that seems to have kind of been the the shot across the bow that eventually led to the Travis Scott meal. So tell us what you've learned about how that came about and, and why Travis Scott was kind of the, the turning point for McDonald's deciding to go in all, you know, I'll not say all in, I don't know if they knew they were going all in yet, but to, to go this route of the celebrity meal. I mean, I don't think anyone really expected the amount of success that the Travis Scott meal would bring in. Um, when you have any sort of celebrity partnership, there is um, some question as to how involved the celebrity actually is. But if you know anything about Travis Scott, Travis Scott, he is deeply involved in everything that he does. Every, everything. <laughs> everything. And good for him. Like, cause he just, he has whatever formula leads to his success. He has it figured out. You just need to get out of his way, let him design what he needs to design and um, just give him the platform to do that. And that's what you saw with the Travis Scott meal. So, with the Travis Scott meal, by the way, if you wanted to eat like Travis Scott, you were getting a quarter pounder with cheese with lettuce and bacon, um, a medium order of fries with tangy barbecue sauce, um, I assume for dipping, and a medium Sprite with extra ice, which is just so 
I had forgotten the extra ice. I I got up to that description and then the extra (laughs) ice broke me every time. Like, how do you determine that? So, yeah, but it's extra ice. And that is your Travis Scott meal. And it's one of those, like, very middle road, um, middle road orders. You don't expect something like that to cause any sort of havoc. But it broke supply chains everywhere. (laughs) There were, I mean, including locally. If anyone knows anything about um, Clearwater, Florida, the Tampa Bay area, you wouldn't necessarily expect like a huge Travis Scott following. It is very much like a retirement town. Um, But I went through that drive-thru window um, kind of late because I kind of found out about it late. And they were like, girl, we're out of tomatoes. Like, it was bad. (laughs) So, and and that was the the phenomenon just across the board. We're out of extra ice. Sorry, we only have regular. (laughs) You are going to get the standard issue ice and you will like it because we are just clean out. And it really um, allowed McDonald's... uh, sales to soar in a way that I don't think that they were quite prepared for. And that was also um, probably due to the merch line that came out with that, Um, which as we know with all Travis Scott items sold out in minutes. Um, There was like a a McNugget shaped pillow and. I forgotten about that. Yeah. Just things that he obviously was like, it came from his brain. And I think that that sort of, laid the groundwork for the future meals and the involvement of future celebrity partners. One one thing I liked about that and the surprise that people had to the sales volume of that is it really highlighted that I think there's this misconception that all the purchase power, all the decision-making around buying meals, and this perpetuated by decades of advertising, of course, is that it's like suburban parents are the ones making these decisions, mm-hmm. right? And that they're the ones picking up meals and bringing them home for the family. And that's just not the world we live in. That was probably never the world we lived in. Uh, and this really highlighted that, you know, what I would call young people, I mean, younger than 30s and 40s are, you know, they're going to McDonald's in in huge numbers. This is something that they, they do a lot. And so these meals, I think there's a reason that all of them, there's a reason you don't see I don't know, like the REM meal or the Tim McGraw meal. Nobody's after those like (laughs) (laughs) 45-year-old dollars. And so it really did seem to kind of set the stage that, you know, the mainstream media didn't seem to get it because it's just a bunch of like, you know, middle-aged white people on mainstream media be like, oh, who is this guy? Why do so many people like his his quarter pounder? Um, But uh but yeah, I mean, that seems strategically to have kind of been a, a recurring theme, right? That the mm-hmm. the artists that they've partnered with have tapped into a, a similar audience age range. Yeah. I mean, when you look at a lot of these meals, you can tell um, that they are geared towards that younger audience. They are definitely skewing y- younger because they're not afraid to blow wads on um, seemingly, what's a nice term I want to use? What's a nice term for a... Um, chicken nugget shaped pillow. It's not a necessity, <laughs> but they will blow absolute wads and wads of cash on similar similar novelty items. And it's proving to be a huge success. So after the success of the, the Travis Scott meal, it was obvious that they were going to come back. But I think it, it was maybe a little surprising who they partnered with for the second one. Emmy, uh, remind us who the second celebrity meal was and what was in it. Of course. So the second celebrity meal happened to be Jay Balvin's meal, who that launched in October of last year. And his go-to order apparently is a Big Mac with absolutely under any circumstances, no pickles, medium fries, ketchup, and an Oreo McFlurry. I mean, I'm glad the McFlurry's in there, right? Because this would just be the most generic thing (laughs) yeah i wasn't too excited about this one i mean i i was expecting for someone that has so much excitement around his music and has a really interesting brand i was kind of expecting expecting him to love pickles on his big mac for for one thing and also just i don't know i was i was expecting him to give us a little bit more than what he did but regardless um 
if you don't know who J Balvin is, his song Mi Gente has played in literally every frat party known to man. Um, and it just makes a lot of sense that he was tapped by McDonald's. I feel like he, this whole thing with me, with, with celebrities sponsoring meals, it, it like fast food is one of those things where we really can't relate to celebrities on a bunch on most things at all. But the fact that we can all just like enjoy the simplicity of, of McDonald's, I think even if they're not launching anything new on the menu, it's like, this is the one point that we can actually bond over. And if you're not a miserable person, you're not too good for McDonald's. Yeah, that's a really great way of putting it. Because I remember with the Travis Scott meal, I think it did surprise a lot of people that it was just, it was just like an order. It was just a straight up normal McDonald's order. And I love that for the approachability aspect of what you're talking about, that if they had made it like Travis Scott designs his own, uh, you know, d designs his own meal, God knows what that would have been. But, you know, it's like it wouldn't have been his meal. I liked the authenticity of just like, – and that's what made the original Super Bowl pregame ad so charming is that you're seeing, to your exact point, that celebrities don't go super diva on this stuff unless it's about the extra ice or the pickles, which is – you know, we all go diva about that stuff. Mm -hmm. I will say you take your life in your hands if you make a celebrity meal that involves any kind of frozen blended ice cream materials at McDonald's. <laughs> because there is a roughly 98.9% .9 chance that that machine is going to be broken when people try to order down. your meal. Just down. Never working. Perpetually broken. I literally, like when I pull up to, every, to McDonald's every time, I'm just like, do you have any frozen things and they're like what do you mean i'm like do you have milkshakes and they're like no do you have ice cream <laughs> no because it's dead of summer i live in alabama <laughs> like do you have mango smoothies they're like no <laughs> slightly off, i'm just like slightly off topic i do have a question have we ever looked into whether that's to drive up consumer demand like i i feel like they just are lying about not having it so then we crave it more but that's just my conspiracy so, <laughs> <laughs> there is a conspiracy about this, and I'm just going to, like any good podcaster, I'm just going to go off the cuff here and try to remember it without doing any any actual reporting. Um, no, what I believe is that the, the ice cream machines, the soft serve machines that everyone uses, literally everyone, but especially McDonald's, are, are made by a company called Taylor Freezer, uh, which is uh, from a small town in Illinois that much of my family's from. And um, they are notorious for, I guess, just breaking. Um, and the there was a article recently, and I feel bad, I don't remember if it was Vice or Wirecutter or someplace like that, um, but it was about how someone invented a device, like an iPhone app, I think, to, to you could plug into your free, to a McDonald's ice cream machine, and it would give you the stats of like why it wasn't working. And then the company like came after them, you know, that makes the freezers like that's going to invalidate your warranty. Anyway, I, I've hopefully given you enough to Google around about that. It's not a conspiracy in the traditional sense, but it is one of those where there are a very small number of companies who make this. And there is a bit of the what's it called? Jess, you, you're the master of words um, when like you're not allowed to fix something. Uh, you know, you got me. <laughs> the, uh, listeners who know this will be like slapping their their car or their iPod, like uh, wanting to yell this at me. But it's, um, it's when like newest the newest cars or electric cars, you're not allowed to do any maintenance on it. And if you do, it'll invalidate your warranty. And like farmers who buy these really expensive tractors, they're not allowed to repair the tractors. Like they have to take it into the specialist. It's a huge, huge. Um, Sorry, not to give way off topic, but it's a huge inter like like ownership question right now. It's like one of those things where if you buy software or if you buy a streaming movie on Amazon and then later Amazon loses the rights and you no longer own that movie. Um, right to repair, our producer says is the, the phrase for it. But yeah, so anyway, it's in that same vein of like people, even corporations get hit by this sometimes of like you're not allowed to fix your own stuff. You got to like... And so some people feel there is a conspiracy uh, in the hardware makers wanting to make all the money repairing it. There you go, Amy. <laughs> Thank you for that. My next, my next question is, why is the Coke and Sprite at McDonald's so unbelievably powerful? But I think that that's 
just a think piece for another time. There's a there's an article on adweek.com about this. It's all it's all the Travis Scott power behind it. <laughs> right. It infuses it with flavor. Right. There was a there was a Mindy Kaling ad y'all may remember from a few years ago where she says like the ad is just her. I don't think there's any branding and it she just tells you to google the place where coke tastes so good or the place where sprite tastes so good. And it never says McDonald's in the ad, but then you Google it and the answer is McDonald's. And then so in our coverage of that, I believe we got into the specifics of why it tastes better at McDonald's. So there's my plug, my traffic. Thank you. I mean, like accidentally setting up a, a little little layup for me there, driving people to adweek.com. Yeah, this this was all intentional. This is why you should have me on the podcast. <laughs> I'm driving traffic. That's the cons- that's the conspiracy. She's a plant. <laughs> Coming soon, the Adweek Conspiracy Podcast. <laughs> marketing, cons- marketing conspiracies would be a good podcast. Oh, we should really would, though. Because um, there are a ton. People are always asking me, like, is that real? Or are they just doing that? Like, And I'm usually like, no, corporations are too dumb and disorganized to pull off a conspiracy. Um, so, okay, where were we? So, Balvin, how did the J Balvin meal do? I mean, do we have any sense of, like, it feels like it kind of got a little overshadowed by the ones that came before and after. Um, I want, I don't want to be one of those reporters that says things on podcasts that I don't know anything about. Cause to be honest, I kind of just wrote the initial story and I, I wasn't really following it after. Um, we didn't keep you on the J Balvin meal beat. <laughs> no, I actually, I was hired as an e-commerce reporter. Cause I was like, please get me off this J Balvin McDonald's beat. I want nothing to do with it. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I really don't know, but personally, I really like I just don't like how he the thing about the pickles, like I'm just so fixated on that. Like he just thinks that he's better than us for not getting pickles on his Big Mac. So from I, that p- situation, pickles are the only good part of a fast food sandwich. Yes. And <laughs> my god, I could not disagree more. Oh, so yes. from that statistic alone, find- I'm going to say that it flopped terribly. <laughs> I, I will say that there, in terms of the J Balvin meal, um, Emmy is right on something. There was not a ton of coverage beyond um, the initial drop and um, the fact that the merch line never made it into fruition because apparently it didn't pass um, J Balvin's quality standards, um, which is wow. another note um, as to how he, he slept on on he slept on his Big Mac pillow for three nights and was like, "This is not no, done. this <laughs> is dead. It absolutely not. <laughs> this will not be attached to me." It, yeah, it, it never it never saw the light of day, which is really disappointing if you know J Balvin's branding at all. It's super colorful. He's super community oriented. There is a lot of potential here, and it just didn't. Um, flourish in the same way that we saw the J or that we saw the Travis Scott meal um, flourish, which I think is wholly dependent um, on the pickle thing. I think that that tanked him upon arrival <laughs> and there was just no recovering from that. But um, I do hope that he gets like a do over because I am very interested in seeing what that merch would look like. Yeah. Wait. So did he go, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Did he go public about, like why he it doesn't want to associate with McDonald's anymore. Like, what's the scandal here? There, there really wasn't much information aside from yeah, it's not happening anymore. Um, and the general uh, statement that was put out was just that it didn't meet um, Jay Bowden's initial standards, which I guess is good. I mean, it's good that he doesn't want to like sell junk. Um, but and, and a lot of this branded merch, like I haven't seen any of these ones we're talking about, but a lot of this stuff is is real cheap. You know, it's real custom fast fashion nonsense that you know I can see. I can see someone who actually wants to get into fashion, like to really have a line and being like, mm, I don't want this circulating out there with my name on it if the quality is just not up there. Yeah. Um, but maybe someone accidentally put like a small pickle on the design and they was like, get this out of my face. <laughs> um, speaking of people with bad judgment about pickles. So Jess, um, the, I feel like the thing that was missing from these two, they certainly had a lot of uh, social media traction, but they were not 
these like nuclear bombs of social engagement that we saw with the next one. What came next, Jess? Yeah. So the BTS meal, which changed everything uh, that launched in April of this year, I think. And it was huge, like huge, thanks to the band and K-pop's absolute tornado of a fandom and all of its activity on social. Uh, so the, the meal itself was um, 10 chicken nuggets, medium fries, medium Coke, sweet chili and Cajun sauces. But the real, like the real oomph behind it was the additional surprises, which was the merch, the exclusive video content, the commercial starting the brand and the the way it coincided with a BTS uh, song launch. So um, it had, there were three total merch collections. um, And then after the initial release, which had like hats and hoodies and bathrobes and umbrellas and and sweet chili and Cajun tote bags and keychains. There was also the Saucy Collection, which had all that stuff, but adorned with, like, anthropomorphic doodles of burgers and fries that were actually done by the band themselves. And then there was the Melting Collection, which included apparel like pajama pants and tees and travel items. And that one was based on their song, Butter, which shattered a ton of records of its own and generated more than like 11 million worldwide streams on Spotify within 24 hours. Um, And then similarly, the BTS content became McDonald's top performing social content ever uh, in terms of engagement across every single one of its accounts. The whole announcement tweet, like the first one ever, raked in like 600,000 likes, 250,000 retweets and quote tweets. The follow-up tweets generated like half of that. Um, and then their TV commercial for the meal was is its most liked video on YouTube with more than three, it's got to be more than that now, but uh, when I was writing about this, it was at 3.3 million views and that was like a month and a half ago. So this thing is, is incredible. And... Um, One thing that I thought was cool about this, I talked to Jennifer Heelan at McDonald's and she said that the rollout of the like the multiple merch rollout and the the song uh, releases was actually like inspired by K-pop marketing tactics. Um, The staggered releases are apparently a thing that happens um, and it ends up like generating more than like the one done approach that was the way the previous meals worked. So like as if you're promoting a new song release, the band posted like release schedules of its big campaign moments, the concept oh, photos yeah. of the band. They teased the merch collections ahead of time. And then there were like subtle nods to the band on McDonald's channels the whole time. Like they do little like superscript seven for the number, the members in the band. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I think Nick just said that um, the video is at 11 million now. The one that I said was at 3.3 million. So like Holy way cow. up there. Um so anyway, um, subtle nods to the band across McDonald's channels, and then they modeled the rollout of their content as if they were building up to the drop of a new song, which is super cool. Yeah, I remember seeing like the the lineup, like the dates, like it was a tour schedule of when these when these things are going to be going live. I'm just like, man, how it's not to say that any of this was easy. I mean, as anyone can tell from just all the layers that Jess just described, I'm sure it was incredibly complicated for McDonald's, but in terms of like the normally you really got to push your ads out there. You really got to put money behind them to get people to see it. This one, it just felt like, remember the first, I want to say the first tweet they ever did was just a few fries in the shape of the BTS logo. Mm -hmm. And, and that was it. That was just, they just posted that and just just hundreds of thousands. And like, I mean, just, yeah. And and so on the one hand, I certainly don't want to diminish the amount of work that, you know, that McDonald's, that Whitney Kennedy puts into this stuff. But but with that one, it just felt like literally they could have just said BTS over and over and done nothing else. And people would have been just like, this is the best. Um, but yeah, obviously, the continuing theme here is the band's involvement. This is not some kind of cheesy... I just put my name on it and stamped it, which I think we all got used to in like the 2000s of, you know, a celebrity would just be like, sure, it's mine. Yeah, you can call it that. I would never eat it, but whatever. And, you know, yeah, now we've got that authenticity. And it it reminds me not to really date myself, but 
we we kind of take this for granted as a classic example of advertising. When MTV first launched and there was that I want my MTV campaign of all these musicians uh, just saying, literally saying, like, I want my MTV. And it's it's like the police. It was like the, all the hottest, you know, Mick Jagger, like all the hottest artists of the day. And they were doing ads I, uh, unpaid for this commercial TV network. And the reason is because they got enough people to do it at the beginning that it became cool, right? Like everyone was like, I want to do one. I want to be in an ad. I want to be in one of your ads telling people to watch MTV. And so it was like the, I've, I've watched entire, like an entire documentary thing about the history of MTV that talked about how that was what made them what they were is because they created this celebrity cachet of people wanting to line up and be cool by being in these ads. And it feels like McDonald's has kind of gotten there and that BTS is what really put it over the park. At this point, anyone who does a meal with them from here on out is can see themselves as being shoulder to shoulder with BTS. So that one, clear, clear win. Um, and then tough act to follow. And Shannon, I feel like we all kind of figured they would have to switch gears in a pretty dramatic way. Like you can't try doing another boy band or you can't, you know, you definitely can't go K-pop again. So tell us who the fourth meal was, Shannon. So I think that they looked at their roster and realized that they hadn't um, featured any women and they hadn't done rap in a while. So they turned to um, the icy princess herself, sweetie for the sweetie meal. Um, So at first glance, you're kind of like, huh? Because as you mentioned, BTS, hugely tough act to follow. And there are certainly um, rap artists with bigger audiences. You could have done the Nicki Minaj meal. You could have done the um, Megan the, the Stallion, the Stallion meal. meal. Dear God, you could have done the Cardi B meal, which would have just, <laughs> I would have taken a month off of work <laughs> just to fully um, submerge myself. But once you understand um, Sweetie's brand beyond her music, it's, genius because anyone who knows about sweetie knows that she is a food demon like her concoctions are so odd um she is she will put hot cheetos and ramen she will do some of the most questionable things with food which makes this brilliant so she's like on the other end of the scale from lizzo's doing all these like wholesome plant-based like uh incredible tiktoks of like here's this really healthy thing you can make and then on the far end you've got sweetie who's just like (laughs) how do we mess up your digestive system immediately upon bite two she's all about that and so you have this opportunity to do something um, new and to do and to specifically remix your meal, which is why they tapped her specifically. So, with the sweetie meal, you get a Big Mac as it comes, a four piece <laughs> chicken McNuggets, um, medium fries, and a medium Sprite. Um, it also comes with barbecue sauce and the sweet and sour sauce which is temporarily rebranded rebranded as the sweetie and sour sauce um if that sounds like a lot of food um that's because it is (laughs) and also it's so that you have an opportunity to rearrange your food in different ways um to create your own um sweetie inspired concoctions so for instance in the commercial um, you see a sandwich where um, the meat is exclusively chicken nuggets. Um, I don't know why you would do that since it already comes with meat, but if you just feel like doing something different, um, you can... I just wish <laughs> this meat were fried. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is, it is wild. Um, yeah, like maybe I can stick the fries in the Sprite. Sure, that counts. Um, so the entirety, <laughs> the the entire premise is to eat like sweetie, literally in every in every way. Um, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't go the BTS route of like introducing at least a new sauce. Because if there is anyone that would mix sauces here, it would be her. Like you cannot convince me that she hasn't like taken a barbecue sauce and taken like a ranch sauce from mcdonald's and like mixed it up when i it's it was just such like an easy opportunity to attach something really different um to this particular rollout and i think 
they kind of missed it there. Um, was the the BTS one was it was like a Szechuan sauce or something that came with it? Was that that was that was new? That wasn't something that they already had. It was a sweet chili sauce that was inspired by the McDonald's um, in Korea. Um, so oh, okay. It, okay. it was still part of the brand, but if you're an international fan, you got to try something new. Um, and yeah, I think that they could have done something similarly here and it would have also had her kind of stand apart from her predecessors. Um, so I think that that would have been something that they could have done. Um, and also there, uh, we are only in week one, so there is a, an opportunity for there to be more to come. Um, but as of the initial announcement, the only corresponding um, merch that we know of is a Brandon Blackwood bag that is part of a um, sweep take, sweepstakes um, rebranded again as the Sweetstakes, which they are really just going for it with her name. I'll, and I'll allow it. Sweet, <laughs> sweetstakes is, is pretty good. Yeah, like I was like, mm, you got me there. You, you got a little bit of a smirk for me there. Um, so you get like a bag. Um, you and your best friend get um, flown out to Las Vegas um, and you get to see a future Sweetie show. Um, so it's a really great experience for that one person who wins. Everyone else is just getting a lot of food. Um, so it's kind of curious that this was the execution after such a like robustly successful BTS meal. I do wonder if there might be more just because um, Jennifer Heelan said that like they plan to apply the lessons from the BTS meal. Mm -hmm. And like that core lesson was that um, making like making the whole famous orders projects into cultural moments and creating longer term value for the brand instead of short term promotional content. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if there might be more on the horizon that just hasn't been announced yet. I hope so. I mean, like especially with someone who, um, is so interested in food because she's actually a decent cook. She was recently on um, Netflix's series Cooking with Paris where she cooked shrimp tacos and they actually looked edible and kind of good. I mean, the process was a mess because it's her and Paris Hilton um, drunk in a kitchen, but the end product was actually <laughs> great. And so maybe they could borrow, I mean, we have no clue what their what plans are, but like something that I could imagine would be the same way that they did um, unreleased video content with BTS. They could have done maybe short like cooking tutorials with Sweetie or Sweetie and a Gourmet Chef who turn McDonald's meals into like gourmet things because that's like a huge thing on TikTok now. Like there are just a, a bunch of little opportunities there. I'm hoping that we'll see more of that um, as the meal progresses into early September. So, Emmy, I have a question for you. Um, what's surprising to me is that this is one of the rare except examples where we haven't seen a lot of other brands getting on this bandwagon, um, maybe because there is such a long lead time of, of forging these kinds of partnerships. Uh, the only one I can think of, uh, and I and this is not to say it was inspired by the Travis Scott thing, um, because I don't necessarily think it was, but was Duncan doing the uh, the Charlie, right? Like they added Charlie D'Amelio's favorite order uh, to their menu. And from what I understand, it did well. That was generated by BBDO New York, kind of um, came up with that idea. Um, but other than those, I'm having a hard time thinking of any like equivalent, do you think we'll see other brands do this or do you feel like their creative teams are just like, no, McDonald's has the lock on that. Like, we'll just look like we're following on. Yeah, I was actually just going to talk about this. I think it's interesting right now that all of these brands are doing the swag thing, like food brands and non-apparel brands are coming out with lines of clothing. Um, bucket hats. Everybody's got a bucket hat. Everybody's got like a, a towel or a swimsuit. Right. And like, and the whole point of it, like the, what would kind of be embarrassing to wear like a fast food sweatshirt 10 years ago, like now I feel like it's kind of camp to do something like that. So people are yeah, hopping on that and all these brands are following. And I was thinking of maybe looking into this for something, but you know, it's, it's interesting because I think a specific type of person needs to be in a McDonald's campaign, just because of the culture of McDonald's, like a specific type of celebrity, you know, like the Sweeties, the Travis Scotts. But I can't see someone like Taylor Swift or Ed Sheeran, like being cool enough for McDonald's. 
Like I think Ed, Ed Sheeran did that with uh, now that I think about it with ketchup though with Heinz ketchup like because he's a super fan in the way that like Travis Scott and all them are of McDonald's so like Ed Sheeran did this whole partnership around Heinz ketchup so you know maybe it just comes down to like what they're actually into I don't know you know yeah yeah that's true I um but I think I, it would be really smart for for fast food at least fast food companies to do this because like I said before everyone wants to feel like they can relate to their celebrities, the celebrities that they love and being able to know that going to McDonald's drunk at three in the morning is something that Sweetie and Travis Scott also um, partake in is kind of comforting. Um, And then I just wonder, like it, it will be interesting to see what other brands do. Like is Florida Georgia line about to sponsor Chick-fil-A? And if so, like, can we make sure that we don't cover that? Like I just, um, (laughs) I I just don't know. I think like McDonald's is kind of iconic in the sense that you have to have a certain swag and like a certain culture to be like good enough for McDonald's. And some of these like, you know, Florida Georgia line would just never be good enough for McDonald's. I feel like I'm getting too political here, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny that you say this because like, I remember what was it last year? Kind of not, not before all this started, but probably when we were still in the Travis Scott phase um, Griner, you and Julian and I were talking about how, like, all of a sudden McDonald's had gotten good at social, like, a lot better than yeah. it had been in mm-hmm. the past. And, like, what I, you know, I, I kind of addressed that when I was talking to Guillaume Wynn, who's head of social, and then JP Petty, who's um, from Wyden and Kennedy. And they worked on all these meals and some of the hype around them. And, like, they really hammer home how these meals fit into the concept of the, like, fan truth, which I think is, like, connects exactly with what Emmy was saying. But, like, in that, in the case of these meals, like, the the simple universal fan truth is that no matter who you are, you, you have a McDonald's order. So... I don't know. But I mean, for all of these, it's all been like about not just that, but then about uniting brand and band with like a massive cross section of passionate fans and then like fueling all that love with exclusivity and the merch and the content and the experiences. And I don't know, it's a, it's a perfect storm of, of hype. Yeah. And I think behind the scenes, uh, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because there are just these certain moments and they're usually unfortunately kind of short lived, uh, but where a brand and an agency kind of click in a in a way that just is rare and that where they really challenge each other and the brand is willing to go places that the agency really wants to take them that is a surprisingly rare combination uh, but when it happens, I mean, I would look at, uh, you know, Burger King and CPB, Crispin Porter Bogusky back in uh, in the mid-2000s when they were doing really wild stuff, uh, really, you know, incredible work for Burger King. Uh, and then later Burger King and David slash, um, yeah, I th- yeah, so I guess it was David who, who the Ogilvy-owned agency, they did some truly amazing stuff that really put Burger King back on the map after years away. And that's what we're at now with um, – with McDonald's and Wyden and Kennedy. Now, McDonald's, like Guillaume, is, is um, like, he might be listening to this, so I don't want to praise him too too highly, but I'll just say, I mean, he is a rare catch, right? Like, in that that team, the social team that McDonald's has, and then the support they're getting from Wyden, it's, it is like a golden age that they're in right now. And, and I've been in social media since the term was coined, and, like, it's, it's rare, and you really have to appreciate it like I'm the first to say I'm not a big McDonald's fan. It's like, it's not a place I, I really go to, but I admire the hell out of what they've done uh, with social and with marketing since they, uh, uh, to, and when they hired Wyden, I was like, that's a weird fit. I don't know about that. Uh, and it, it has, it has been great. The other thing, Jess, I was just curious about is I feel like, and going back to the point Emmy made about approachability and just about, um, like how these these meals make you feel really connected. I feel like that's such a, a product of the social media age that we live in, of the TikTok era, of the that fans feel much more directly connected to celebrities. Celebrities are sometimes made overnight on you know on TikTok, and they are just normal people. One day, Charlie D'Amelio is just a normal kid, and then is dancing, and suddenly has millions of followers. And you just like these things happen very organically, and I think those people feel a certain pressure to remain at least looking accessible 
And I just don't think, you know, Taylor Swift was never that person. The kind of divas that we saw in the 90s and 2000s were never those people. They were always like unapproachable. Like they were, you know, Mariah Carey and and, uh, J-Lo and like got these people. But now I feel like there's this coolness in being down to earth. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, um, you know... We're at a unique moment in time when this will this works in a uniquely hypable way because people are able to create their own content and like content that's the same quality that the brand itself is creating on like TikTok. Like there were dance challenges around all of these. So like people are able to engage with this on a super personal level, which I think really connects with the that fan truth concept, so to speak. Um so, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was also interesting. I thought that you mentioned um, MTV because Guillaume specifically said one time, um, instead of innovating, we went back to our brand's roots, to our purest DNA. And what he meant by that was not that we sell food. He said uh, McDonald's is an entertainment brand. And it was an anomaly not to let our brand express that in the social media world, which I thought was like, that kind of blew my mind because I I didn't think of McDonald's as a as a an entertainment brand when I was growing up and eating it as a kid, but now it's really leaning into that. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we did our for Adweek's oh geez, uh, blurs together now thirtieth, thirty fifth anniversary. One of those, I, I wrote like these greatest moments in advertising history. And one of the ones we put in was McDonald's adding the Happy Meal. Right, like that was such a game changer. In so many ways, of course, but in sales and marketing, but just the idea that it made it made going to a place like that fun, like kids looked forward to it. And, you know, kids still do like they've managed to maintain that. Um, and it's so I, I can see that I can see it. Is it something where it's like the food is just food? Uh, it's, it's not exactly like going to blow your mind, but they, they've done a good job making it feel like it's you know, like it's not a chore uh, to go there and and eat. Now I have the most important question for each of you. Uh, one, uh, two questions. Two questions you can rattle off pretty quickly. One is wh- who is an artist that you would like to see? It's not to say they would or that they even I don't know eat everything. It would be willing to work with McDonald's. Who is an artist you'd like to see create a celebrity meal with McDonald's? And then if you made a, a meal at McDonald's, what would be in it? Uh, Shannon, I'm going to start with you. So a celebrity, who would you like to see do one? You will be surprised to know that I have prepared for this question my entire life. Um, in terms of a celebrity, that one's really good. Um, I know we mentioned Cardi B earlier. Um, you know what? Thinking about the BTS meal and the Sweetie meals, um, both what both of them have in common is that they were both connected to recent um, releases of music, um, with BTS being connected to Butter. And I can't, oh, the name of the recent Sweetie song um, escapes me currently. But um, the those meals were fashioned around that new music. Based on that, I think that this is how we finally get an album out of Rihanna. So I'm going to say the Rihanna meal. Um, I can't oh imagine what that I would did not be. see that coming, and that's so good. <laughs> I think that uh, this is our end. This is our end, everybody. We've been trying to figure – we've tried to crack this nut for, like, four years. Um, but if there's any way for us to draw that out of her, it would probably be that. And it can literally be, like, I eat, like, straw wrappers in between two Sesame Seed buns. We're like, dope, girl, me too. And – give us the album and also like in terms of merch like a fenty mcdonald's collaboration would be epic um and because she promotes um like non-gendered makeup it would be just really really cool i think um so that would be really cool um as far as my meal if you order the shannon miller meal at mcdonald's what you are getting is a quarter pounder with extra cheese extra pickles, the diced onion spread, not the sliced onions, but the diced onions, lettuce, tomato, mayo and mustard, no ketchup, um, medium fries with uh, the sweet and sour sauce to dip, and a medium, and again, I'm going the J Balvin route, a medium mango pineapple shake. Yeah, the mango pineapple's like like the the best thing on the menu. Yeah. The, the I mean they never have it, but when they have it, you should get the mango pineapple smoothie. Yeah, hands down. Uh Emmy, what is the Emmy Lederman meal or and or 
Uh, what celebrity? Okay, so for the celebrity question, my joke, half joking answer is kind of Olivia Rodrigo because I feel like she would, however she made that meal, somehow would be related back to how much she hates her ex. And I just think that she would... Yeah, just like a <laughs> stab it with a knife. <laughs> yeah, like like she would be like, this goes out to my ex. I'm going to order all the pickles at this McDonald's because I know how much you love them or something. Like she would find a way to make it. <laughs> they like set the yeah. bag on fire yeah. when they like hand it to you. She would find a way to just make it super angsty. Um, I jotted down a few others. I think Harry Styles making a McDonald's meal would be absolutely groundbreaking. Um, Billie Eilish, Lana Del Rey, she'd find a way to make it super dramatic. These are all so yeah, good. Yeah, I think McDonald's These should hire so me. Um, and if you want to know what the one and only Emmy Lederman orders at McDonald's, it's <laughs> a Big Mac with cheese and lots of pickles, a large fry, and a large Coke, because I actually would argue that the Coke is more evolutionary than the Sprite. And then um, an Eminem McFlurry. Thank you. Damn, a Sprite and an Eminem. You're just like going full, full type two did, over did there. Did that just throw you for a loop? Uh, that's, that's I feel just, like you're parenting me right now. Not, you're like, you're having too much sugar <laughs> in your diet. That's too much. Yeah, lady. You, uh, you can have one or the other. No, that, that's the, the joy of the emulatorman meal is only emulatorman gets to to pick what's in it uh jess uh emmy just claimed like 17 celebrities so hopefully she left one for you jess what celebrity <laughs> would you like to see create one so my my immediate thoughts were cardi b and megan the stallion um which i think would both be incredible um and then i was thinking the weekend and lizzo would also make exceptional celebrity celebrity partnerships i would i would eat all that um <laughs> But uh, so for for my celebrity meal, I'm all about breakfast at McDonald's. That's like the primary thing I eat there. So I do an egg McMuffin, but you put the crispy chicken sandwich patty on it instead of any of the other meats. And then you do hash browns on the side with Big Mac sauce and uh, an iced mocha. Is that a thing they do? Oh, I don't know. I would. That's just how I would do it. I'm going to ask. <laughs> That sounds good, right? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle with a hash brown in it. So kind of stealing a little bit of Jess's uh, thunder. But it needs – that thing's a little too uh, soggy. If you don't get – like you need to, it needs a little crunch. So just slide that that hash brown right into the middle. Um, and then a, uh, a black coffee and uh, – yeah, I mean that's literally all I would get. But I, I'll throw in like an apple pie. It just like, and you can only order it uh, after one p.m. Do you do you get your coffee black because you're health conscious, or what's your what's your motivation for that? Obviously, obviously, I'm health conscious, as you can tell by that meal. Uh, yeah, it's that's that's so. Or, so I, have or I just thing about coffee. I actually I I agree that McDonald's like black coffee is better than their their like mochas and stuff. And in, in my opinion, I just went for the mocha because it sounded more exciting and that would mm-hmm. it would make a better celebrity meal. Um, but generally speaking, like I love fast food straight up coffee. I think it is the best coffee ever. Like if you're gonna get something plain, non mixed, non foamy, so good. All right. Can we really quickly talk about the McRib and like the fish filet and all of those things that I think <laughs> most people can agree are gross and like what celebrities would sponsor them. Or if there's anything that maybe was like before I was born in 1999. So like anything that was like before my generation that McDonald's did that was disgusting. I would love to know about it. You're yes. calling these things disgusting and it's making me want to fight with you over McDonald's food. <laughs> like disagreement on pickles and McRibs. Yeah, this is, we, I, just, we are not, we are not eat, compatible uh, in our McDonald's I, tastes. Okay but, okay, but can we agree that the fish fillet is not what we want? That, that was mediocre at best. I'll, are I'll, you talking I'll about the fillet o fish? I'm yeah. so sorry, yes. I, bl- <laughs> I believe it's the, the official name, fillet o fish. That's the Tim um, McGraw meal, by the way. <laughs> They have, for, for those who have not, there was a, an ad, let's drop it in, we'll drop it in, there was an ad of um, of just two filet of fishes talking to each other, and it's just one of them saying its name. Here, let's listen to it. Filet of fish. Filet of fish. No. Filet of fish. Filet of fish. No. 
Filet o fish. Filet o fish. No. Filet o fish. Filet o fish. Will you listen to me? Filet o fish. Filet o fish. No. I don't quite understand. Filet o fish. Filet o fish. Do I sound like that? Yes. I love that. I think I also have made too many polarizing statements that I'm never going to be allowed on this podcast again. Like I insulted. Are you kidding? No, you're going to be you're going to be hosting this podcast next <laughs> week. No, no In kidding. addition to the Adweek Marketing Conspiracy podcast, you can also stay tuned for the Emmy and Jess fight about food podcast. <laughs> yes. That that Food fight colon. <laughs> Emmy versus Why Jess. you're wrong about my favorite social or my favorite fast food. <laughs> Sponsored by Instacart. <laughs> um so uh yeah no i feel like like, i'm a little surprised lil nas x never came up i feel like um oh man that was a great answer like i don't see part of the thing is i don't know who like lil nas x looks real good so i'm guessing dude's not eating much like rihanna probably not eating a ton (laughs) of mcdonald's um but i don't know you know i think there's certain celebrities like lizzo and stuff who are really good about being plant-based uh advocates i think when mcdonald's finally gets off its ass and if you're listening to those McDonald's, which probably are, uh, get that plant-based burger out there. Like, get it on the menu ASAP, because every time I go there, like, I will literally drive next door to a place with a plant-based burger. Not because I'm, like, some kind of, you know, it's just that's what I prefer. I'm, I don't eat beef until I'm like, well, i got to get that plant burger. And so, um, yeah, well, as soon as McDonald's gets that, I bet that would open up quite a few uh, potential partnerships, because right now there's really nothing you're not going to be, there's no plants you're driving people to there except fried potato. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. Well, thank you all so much, Shannon, Jess, Emmy. This was uh, such a blast of a conversation. And now I feel like I've learned, I've learned so much about, uh, about you and about your meals and, um, and about where we fundamentally disagree on fast food choices. So thank you all. I feel like I know you all on kind of a spiritual level now, and this was a really great bonding experience. Yeah, I mean, it was really great to learn that we're enemies. Has to start somewhere. It's just going to be these icy stares on the morning team Zoom calls from now on. Grr. Oh, we all we all just icy stare into the Zoom anyway. It's fine. Um, I feel like the the conflict between me and Jess is going to be like the talk of the town, and all of a sudden we're going to be like, "Why is everyone listening to our podcast?" And it's just because like there's all this drama involved. So we have to this keep the. Who knew that yeah. the the McDonald's episode would have so much beef? Mm-hmm. Ah, oh God, I hated that. I hated that so much. <laughs> now me and Brian are beefing. This is the start of something terrible, and I'm so excited. Uh, on that note, uh, let's let's close it because that's as funny as I'm getting today, or slash awful as I'm getting today. Uh, our theme music is by Home. This week's episode was produced by Nick Gardner and edited by Lane McGibney. Uh, if you have not already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. You can reach us anytime at podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. Let us know your your meal. Or your celebrity pick. And uh, we will share some of our favorites. Uh, So uh, for Adweek, uh, I am David Greiner, and we will be back next week. 